from the Library of Congress in Washington, D.C. We're going to talk now about identifying persons. This is a chapter in RDA, Chapter 9. And um, I'm very grateful to Melanie for giving such a good overview in the last module on how the chapters on authority records are set up in RDA. Let's take a look at the, um, the overall outline. We're going to have four modules for uh, identifying persons. The first one's the biggest one. It's recording the attributes. So, We'll take a couple of breaks throughout um, that, that module. Then, then we're going to look at um, three modules afterwards. One on constructing the authorized access point. It's a really short module, and I'll explain why in a few seconds. Then an even shorter one on constructing the variant access points. And then finally, uh, sort of a nod that it's important to compare and contrast AACR2 and RDA in certain areas, we're going to look at some slides on what's different and what's the same when you're working with um, identifying persons in, in RDA. The, uh, the, the thing that I want to mention, and, and Melanie did allude to this, is that the structure of Chapter 9, as the structure of Chapter 10 and 11 in RDA, is totally different from AACR2. The, principle of RDA is that you want to create a unique identifier for a person and the authorized access point, the 1XX, is only a part of that unique identity. So rather than AACR2's focus, which was on that authorized heading, in RDA we're creating a complete identifier in an authority record and creating an authorized access point in the 1XX and that will be what we use for bibliographic um, added entries and for, for entries on bibliographic records, authorized access points. So, so the bulk of, of Chapter 9 is just talking about attributes or identifying characteristics that we can identify for a person. And then at the very end of the chapter, you'll see a very short section, a relatively short section, on creating the authorized access point. And that's, that's what we're going to be looking at in the second module of this, this um, the second section of this module is on creating that, that authorized access point. So fundamentally, RDA is different the way it approaches authority work. And I'll give you a, um, another surprise thing. From AACR2, you know that uh, references were in its own chapter, chapter 26, whereas in RDA, each of the types of authorities, such as the, the group two entities, the names of persons, names of families, names of corporate bodies, reference information is included in that chapter itself. So you'll find information in a little, in a different location in terms of RDA. Before we actually plunge into Chapter 9, let me give you a broad overview of this, this first section of the module. What we're going to do is first look at some vocabulary that you need to learn. And Melanie and I have talked about this all along. We're using different vocabulary for somewhat the same things, and it's very easy to slip up. And you know, we, we're used to calling it uh, 1XX, a heading in AACR2. Well, in RDA, we're calling it an authorized access point. So we're going to look at some vocabulary terms. And to do that, we, we're going to have to stop at different parts of RDA before we actually land in on, on Chapter 9. 
Then we're going to um, start out with chapter nine, look at a scope statement, um, talk about identifying the preferred name, look at what we might add to that preferred name, and then towards the end of this first module, we're going to go back and look at those new mark fields that Melanie talked about, and we're going to see which of those mark fields we can code, and more importantly, which of those mark fields contain data that might be used in the authorized access point, because not all of the data that you code in an authority record is eligible for inclusion in the authorized access point. So that's just a broad overview. We'll take a couple of breaks as we go along. But let's start out with that vocabulary. And we're going to have to go to another chapter. This is chapter eight. And Melanie mentioned this in the previous module. Chapter eight is general guidelines on recording attributes of person, family, and corporate body. And that's where we find the definition in RDA terms of a name. And that definition you can see on the slide a word, character, or group of words and or characters by which a person is known. The preferred name, form to be used when constructing the authorized access point in bibliographic records and 1xx field of name authority records. So a preferred name is a subset of name. It's the name that we were going, we're going to be looking at uh, primarily trying to identify when we're creating um, names in, in um, RDA authority work. A variant name or just cross-reference, we called it an ACR2, form used in, in variant access points. Um, on the next slide, access point, name, term, code, etc., representing a specific person. Authorized access point, think from ACR2, the heading. Standardized access point representing an entity uses the preferred name for the person. So there's a correlation between the preferred name and what we're going to use in the authorized access point. And then finally, a variant access point, which is uh, an access point that's not chosen as the authorized access point. So this would be the 4XX that you'll see in an authority record. It's a lot of new vocabulary, but I have to say, you're going to hear us use the old terms. We haven't yet made the full transition ourselves. Right. We, we slip up, we're human, right? And we're going to make mistakes. But, but this is the vocabulary, and I think it's one of those things, the more you work with it, the, it, it just becomes natural. And I already see an improvement in my, my mistakes in calling it heading. But heading is a wonderful word. It's still, it's still there, but we're, we're moving on. It's nice on. and short. Okay, well, we're going to leave Chapter 8, and not only Chapter 8, because that's in the section on names of persons, corporate bodies, families. We're going to go way back to RDA Chapter 2 now to find out about sources for elements. And you'll see on the slide that the preferred name, and in order of preference, um, pref from the preferred sources of information in resources associated with the entity, other formal statements, and other sources, including reference sources. Now, why, why is this in Chapter 2? If you recall, when you look through RDA, you'll find that chapter two is called Identifying Manifestations and Items. So that's where we're going to find out about the preferred name that we're going to use as an access point in a bibliographic record. We're creating a manifestation or an item record. We will use that same preferred form when we're making an authorized access point in, in the authority record. So that's the correlation between chapter two and chapter nine, and Melanie alluded to that as well, that, that the arrangement of RDA is different. We have to go to different parts of RDA to find information that under AACR2 might have been all in one section.
Just like AACR2, if a name of a person is the subject of a work, we have a different set of rules that are used or instructions under RDA to set up the preferred name for that person. And a, a person being used as a subject allows us to go to reference sources as well to identify the preferred name. That's no different from AACR2. Um, okay, let's sort of come back to chapter nine again. We're, we're almost there. We're gonna make one more stop in chapter eight. And this is only to show you something that you do automatically without thinking about, but here it is written in RDA, and it, 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 it's a wonderful phrase in, or a section in RDA because it, it sort of alludes to the, what the future might bring. Um, it's saying that right now, you'll see it on the slide, the general guidelines in, for language and script, that we will be using Latin data in our authority records. You're still allowed to use those non-Latin references, code those, or, or variant access points in RDA. But for setting up our headings, our, our preferred access points in RDA, we still will be romanizing our data using the ALA-LC romanization tables. One more stop in chapter eight will give us an idea of the scope of a person, and then we'll go right into chapter nine. So uh, important change here in RDA compared to AACR2. The scope of a person in RDA is an individual or an identity established by an individual, either alone or in collaboration with one or more other individuals. So an individual does not have to be a real person, and because of that, yes, believe it or not, Boris, Badenov, Rocky, Bullwinkle, Natasha Fatale, all of these people are creators in RDA. They can write things. In ACR2, they could not. They were fictitious characters. They were set up, established in the subject file and were not eligible for descriptive access points. But in RDA, they are. So a big change in RDA compared to uh, ACR2. One wonders what they would write. Yeah, well, I'm a Rocky and Bullwinkle fan, so I can <laughs> come up with some ideas. Well, there are the, the new type of names as well, because we now have families. Correct. Another change in RDA is that families now can be creators. They could not be creators under AACR2, and I think people in the archival community will be very happy to know now that names of families can be used as, author, used as authorized access points in, in bibliographic records if you have a collection of the papers of a, of a family. What a wonderful improvement to have that available in, um, in RDA. So um, very quickly on the next four slides, you'll see from the highest level, we're right in chapter nine now, the breakdown of the, of the sections within chapter nine. And there are four slides altogether here. I don't think I'm gonna take the time to read through them, but you can advance through them at your own pace and become comfortable with them. What I will say is that these, the bulk of these slides are showing those attributes or identifying characteristics that we are allowed to code in an authority record for a person. Later on, we'll look at how we go about coding those, but if the, the chapter sections are based on those identifying characteristics or attributes. And it's not till the last slide that you see here where we have in bold the very last section of chapter nine that actually tells us about constructing the authorized access point for the person. So I think this is a good point to take a little break 
There's a lot to digest here. You might want to go back and review those four slides that give you the overview of Chapter 9. And then when we come back, we'll start in on the preferred name and look at what can be added to that preferred name as we're working towards uh, creating the authorized access point for the name of a person. This has been a presentation of the Library of Congress. Visit us at loc.gov.